welcome back to Dad Teaches Me About Wine, the podcast that teaches you as much as you've been pretending to know about wine. I am Madeline Quigley. And I'm Matt Quigley. Sorry. It's cold outside. It's really cold out. I've been walking around virtually all day with the vest on. Yeah, no, I've been, I hang out in my apartment in like hat, gloves, coat. Um, well, most of the time the house is comfortable, but when it gets this cold, it's yeah, pushing it. Bomb cyclone. I know. I think it's the talk of the country right now, at least talk of the East Coast. And boy, do we have an episode for you this week. Uh, different. Uh, in uh, When I traveled through Southeast Asia, there's a phrase that we used a lot, same, same, but different, which sounds like it wouldn't be applicable, but it, the more you have it in your like arsenal of phrases, the more you realize how useful it is. And this is a situation where I would say same, same, but different, because we are doing the same thing, but with a pretty, a pretty big twist. Uh, Dad, do you want to explain what today's topic is? So we're going to follow up on our um, Spanish episode last week and hone in on one of the most um, iconic uh, wine production in Spain, which is sherry. But sherry is not an ordinary wine. It is produced in an entirely unique manner. Well, you know more than the average person, but if you, if you handed the average person a glass with sherry in it and you said, what's this, would they even have any basis for no. Well, what do you think they'd say it was? They'd have no idea. Yeah, they'd just be like no. wine that's gone off. So sherry is a fortified wine. Correct. Which is why it still applies to this podcast. And we've talked about fortified... Well, I just spoiled it there. We've talked, we've talked about fortified wines in the past, port being one of them. And Certainly. what is uh, a fortified wine? Well, by definition, a fortified wine is a... Um, wine product that is typically fermented to some normal level of alcohol, which is usually in the 12 to 14% range, and then additional neutral spirits, uh, grain alcohol, is then added in order to raise the alcohol content. Like literally just poured in? Yeah, mixed in. That's just so... I still can't get over that. Well, it's a matter of what they're trying to do. So in... Um, Clean a wound? Yeah, maybe. In, in, <laughs> in port, it balances the, the tremendous sugar that's left. And in port, typically they don't allow the grapes to ferment all the way to 12 or 14%. So there's a lot of what's called residual sugar. Yeah. The sugar hasn't gotten there yet. Then they pour the additional alcohol in, so you have all this residual sugar. Right. Um, sh- sherry, on the other hand, completely different. The uh, wine is allowed to go to its natural 12 to 14%, um, and then the alcohol is added, and in some cases a, a very modest amount to raise the alcohol to about 15%, which really isn't all that different than most wines. So all the way up to the low twenties. Okay, so this is so that would make it less sweet because they don't they let a lot of more sugar be. Yeah, um, it's not sweet at all. And even so, 
just because Port and uh, Sherry are both fortified wines, this is another instance of same, same, but different, where uh, they are both fortified wines, but very, very different. Entirely different. Cool. So, um, you, we have quite a uh, selection of Sherry bottles with us. Um, Well, of course. Yeah, classic. I mean... Uh, not one, not two, not three, but four different types of sherry. So we better get drinking. Sure. Because... And actually, I wasn't able to find a few. So... Oh, gosh. The reality is there are other types of sherries that exist. Uh, but um, these are kind of the um, the headliners that'll sort of get you into the general bar. Oh, so ballpark. there's even a lot. So even within sherry, there's a lot more of well, a breakdown. Well, well, sherry is just a general category. You you don't go into a store and buy sherry. Oh, gosh. You buy some type of sherry. So in front of you right now is the most common sherry, which is fino. Uh, and the fino is made from the Palomino grape, and it's fortified usually to about 15 or 16% alcohol. Okay. I'm really so, excited to try so this. You try this. I've never... Cheers. Cheers. I've never tried cherry before. Do you swirl cherry? Yeah. I, I guess as another um, piece of information, a lot of people kind of freak out about how to serve it. It's perfectly acceptable to put it in a regular white wine glass. That would be the way that it would be served to you in, in Spain. I can I just... It smells like the, like the alcohol I like stole from the liquor cabinet. One before I was 21. But I think there's also a kind of a very nutty... Oh, I definitely agree. Yeah, and that's that's a very characteristic sherry smell is that nutty flavor. Okay. I don't mind this. You're thinking about it, huh? It's not a regular wine, is it? No, it's more on the... Not juice, but like... It's interesting because it is smooth in your mouth, but burns your throat. Well, it does have 15% alcohol. To me, the most characteristic thing about it is that nutty flavor. Uh, I think that this is an actually a, a perfect aperitif. If I were to do my perfect dinner party, I would certainly consider starting with a, a glass of Fino. So this is Fino? Sherry. How do you this spell is Fino, it? F-I-N-O. F-I-N-O cherry. Yeah, that's a type of sherry, not a brand. That's like saying like a Chardonnay. Correct. Okay. So I this, am into this. This particular it wine. It looks like Chardonnay, though. This particular wine is called Tio Pepe, meaning my uncle Pepe. Tio meaning uncle in Spanish. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, this house has been around for about 150 years, and Tio Pepe is about the most famous um, Fino uh, sherry. So again, tell me what you're tasting, because it's it's very different than a regular still wine. I thought, uh, can I give you what my preconceived notion of what it was going to taste like was? Sure. Just kind of really alcoholic. Like I take a sip and you're kind of, it's like drinking a liquor. Like you're like, ooh, yeah, exactly. But it's not like that at all. It's like drinking a wine, truly. Um, 
I agree with you. It kind of has that nutty flavor, but it kind of has like a lightness to it that I didn't expect. Kind of like, it's just like I said, it's pretty smooth. Like when you're drinking um, like a white grape juice almost. Dad hates my comparisons, but I don't have as much knowledge as you to comp- to uh, base them off of. But yeah, it just, I thought it was going to be like drinking Grand Marnier. That's what I imagined. Well, clearly it's not. The alcohol content is lower. It has a very interesting flavor, um, very different than just a regular still wine. So you might ask, well, how does... So nutty, yeah. How does a wine get all that flavor? Ah, and that is the secret to sherry. I was, yeah, you stole the question, right? Yeah. Right. Well, how does it get all that flavor, Dad? Through a entirely unique system of production. So there are two elements which are um, completely unique to sherry. One is the use of floor, F-L-O-R. And the Not other, F-L-O-O-R? No, F-L-O-R. Okay. And the other is the Solera system. So what is the floor? So virtually throughout the world, when you make a wine and you pour it into the barrel, you completely fill the barrel so there's no air. Not so in Juarez, where most of the sherry is made. The barrel is left approximately one-eighth open to air. air. Okay. And either they add or due to just all the yeast and the different molds in the air, it creates a layer on top of the wine. Like the foam? so-called floor it looks like a flower over the top of the wine. Wait, like 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 a powder? No, like like a living organism. Like like a foam, like yeah, yeast, like like, yeast. like like beer yeast when yes, it's being exactly. fermented. It's like over a thick, the top. Yeah. It forms a cap okay. over the top of the wine. All right, and that's the floor. That's Even though it should floor. be the ceiling, but we'll we'll let it be. Right. So this. Strange in a barrel, right? So, this strange biochemical reaction of the floor and the oxidation creates all these weird, nutty flavors within the wine. Is this just for fino or all types of port? Um, I'll answer that later. All right, <laughs> all right. The other part of the creation of Sherry. Did you say port? Sherry. The other part of the creation of sherry is the Solera system. So what the Solera system amounts to is similar in a way to the champagne houses where multiple years are blended to create the final product. But it's more organized in Spain with the sherry production because there are different levels of hierarchy. So the final barrel is called the Solera barrel, and that's where the product is drawn from. Do they pour stuff into that one, or what do they? Allow me. 
Sorry, Dad. So, I'll, by I'll law, they're up. allowed to draw off a third of what's in there as the final product to sell. So then, now they have a, th- a barrel that's empty one-third. So what do they do? They don't build a huge floor. They fill with the barrel behind it in the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And then the barrel behind that fills the other barrel. And they go all the way back until they... All the way back. All the way... Well, all the way back until they finish their levels of what are called the, the criadera. How many of those are there? Anywhere from 4 to 14. Long. And then the new wine is placed in the first or the last barrel. Yeah, I think the last. The last barrel of the hierarchy. Okay. So all this stuff basically spills down into the last barrel. Interesting. Like a really slow waterfall. Yes. I don't know exactly how they do it in Champagne, but to me that just seems very like... Well, in Champagne they try to mix various years to create... A stable product. Yeah, so they that, don't to me, have, that seems more scientific. They don't have that. a regimented, okay, we take barrel five into four, six into five. Okay, so that is, this is a process for at least Fino. Right. Uh, Correct. Sherry. Well, the, the Solera system is used for virtually all types of sherry. The floor on top of the Fino becomes a distinguishing characteristic in terms of separating different sherries. Okay. I just hate that they call it the floor when it is the ceiling. It's floor as in flower, not as in the English word floor. I know, but it's This is Spanish. This is a romantic language. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they got it wrong. I think it should be ceiling, but whatever. All right, so we are, I guess, saying goodbye. I did like this a lot, though. I yeah. Do you well, think I'll be gonna... saying the same thing about these? Yes, you will. So, of course, nothing is ever simple. So we're dumping, guys. I, want, I might swirl a little water in there. Do you want some? I'm good. So, a fino from Juarez, which produces the majority of... Finos sherry. Or, sh- or, sh- or sherry people? All of sherry. Yeah, most of the sherry houses are in Juarez. It's going to be called a, a fino. But the same process, which occurs in a, a town not too far away called San Lucar, is called a manzanilla. Okay, so same process. Same wine. Same process. But in a different It comes town. from the same grapes. These are Palomino grapes. Same process, but just a different town. Different town. Well, and not the rank. first time people in... Okay, you got enough. You want a little bit of that? All right. Yeah. So, We're trying four tonight, guys, remember. <laughs> and these are stronger than So usual. it's a little confusing because it's virtually the same wine, except the grapes started from a different place. Okay, I can already say the color is... A little darker. A little darker. Can I ask two questions that might not? Um, Age-wise, you said you can age sherry for a long time. Because it's for... I mean age as in barrel, bottle, or like once you open it in your refrigerator? I meant like in your cellar. Oh, it's a fortified wine. It'll stay good for decades. Okay. Is it a consistent product? Do you know how we had the Bordeaux and you were like one over another could be 
um, better than another? Yes, it's consistent. Okay, that's good enough. All right, so we got this second one, similar but same, same but different. This, that it should be the phrase of the episode. I think it tastes kind of similar. What do you think? I think it tastes similar, but it's not as um, pungent. Well, I don't think it's as Ooh. rounded or as profound. I agree. I, I think the Gonzalez wine, the uh, Tio Pepe, is rightly considered one of the best finos in the world. And this is a Manzanilla from another producer, which is okay. And if you're sitting in a cafe somewhere in Barcelona or Madrid, I'm, I'm sure you'd be very happy with this. But um, when you put it side by side with the Tio Pepe, I, I don't think it can stand up. Do people put sherry in their tea? Is that something people do? Not that I've heard of. I just, I feel bad for sherry. I just feel like not that many people drink it. They don't. And actually production is is dropped dramatically. It's sad because I think there's a misconception about it. It used to be um, uh, because of the relationship between Britain and Spain, especially after um, they routed Napoleon out of Spain, uh, the Brits have been a huge consumer of um, sherry. Not anymore. But not anymore. The the world's attention has moved on to different different wines. But so it goes. But the reality is that you know the secret of the secret of good wine picking is figuring out things that other people haven't, understanding what's a good bargain. And uh, certainly a lot of the sherries are very interesting. So they're, they're certainly worth an investigation. Yeah, I'm not... I, th- I, I told you, I thought sherry was going to taste kind of gross, like Grand, Yon- Grand Mon... You know what I'm talking about. Grand Monnier. I, I didn't think it'd be, like, so drinkable, you know? So, speaking of interesting, we, we described the basic process of the floor and the fact that there is basic that there is oxidation of the wine and the oxidation of the wine creates um, a lot of interesting secondary phenolics and and things that give the wine I have no I have literally no clue what you just said <laughs> I'm like what it could have been another language dude <laughs> Okay so uh, phenols are uh, basically relatives of alcohol. And the, the taste of a wine isn't just alcohol and sugar. There's, there's a whole symphony of various other chemicals in there that, that give it its, its characteristic taste. Okay. Some of which are related to alcohol, which are phenols. Okay. So when last we left the biochemistry lab, we had the pheno sitting under the floor and we had this solaris system where they were doing that dropping weird waterfall off. yeah they're doing the waterfall and pulling out stuff from the bottom and they're feeding it from the top now um what we have now is got to be different yeah it's about uh it we've gone from like a white wine consistency to something that is almost red it it's like brown. whiskey i mean this <laughs> yeah. is like it looks like whiskey yeah so this is an amontillado so what happens is that if you leave the floor 
long enough. Years. Years. Uh, the floor will die off. So Ew. now you have wine that's exposed to the air. So it's undergone all the stuff that happens to a pheno. And then the floor dies off, and then it undergoes the oxidation, because as you remember, these barrels are not completely filled. Who figured this out? Good question. Who decided, let's just leave it a little empty Well, it ain't a little longer. It's longer. No, no, no. Leave leave a little bit of air up there. I mean, you would have thought the first person would have just filled it to the brim and called it a day. And that's what almost all winemakers do, but in Sherry, they don't. So, I mean, that's why it's difficult to get your head around what the heck they're doing. Yeah, because why did this become the standardized system? It just did. Lost to history. Okay, so the the floor has died, and now there's air. The fino has been left there. The cap has died off. So now all you have is the air over the, the wine, and it starts to slowly oxidize. And that creates a whole different orchestra of flavors. So this is an Amontillado. Is it the same grape as a Fino? It's the same wine. It's Palomino. Oh, okay. So we're It's the really... same wine that's just been left in the barrel for so long that the floor starts to die off. I'm going to take a photo of this, guys, because it is complete. I should have taken a photo of the other one. But it looked like white wine, and this one looks like straight up whiskey. And if you don't follow us on Instagram, at Dad Teaches Me About Wine, you should. You're missing out. You're really missing. I don't think. And you will really enjoy this because it almost has a bit of residual sugar in it, although it's more, it's not sugar, it's all those crazy phenols going at it. It's, oh, it almost has like a caramel. I don't know. It's like a. Yeah, describe that taste. Caramel, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's completely unique. Again, though, I again, the color of this is so intimidating for what it tastes like. Because even though it is like this dark brown, it's still very smooth. Like, it's still... This is oxidized wine. Well... We've talked about before, if you leave wine too long, you know, in the fridge or whatever, it oxidizes. But this is wine that's undergone a controlled oxidation. It's really pretty. I think you had a Chardonnay that was almost this color once for your... Yes, I did. Yeah, the the wine from uh, Sicily... Wait, for, was this for your anniversary? What you drank on your anniversary? Well, it's one of the bottles that I took, sure. It was like nearly this color. Yes. Was it Chardonnay? How old was it? Oh, like 15 years. Yeah. But they played around with oxidation. Most winemakers don't, but they, they did. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I'm still... But again, don't you, to me, the, the most prominent flavor is the nuttiness to it. it there is a nuttiness to it it does maybe it's just in my imagination but there is a slight similarity to port it's it does have a certain sweetness to it 
But there's no residual sugar. Yeah, I, I agree. There is a weird sweetness, but it doesn't linger. But it, it is crazy, though, because port, I did not like drinking straight. This is very drinkable, at least for a glass. I mean, anybody who likes wine or alcohol could drink a glass of this, you know? That's why I keep saying over and over, this is a wonderful aperitif. Yeah, no, it, if it really If you were to have is. a dinner party, open a bottle of Amontillado before the party, you know, pour everyone a glass. Is that what we have right here? This is an Amontillado. No, I go the first one, the Pepe. You like the Fino better. I just thought, yeah. Well, Either one. <laughs> or both. I mean, why not? End the meal with this. Yes, you could end the meal with this. One of the most famous uh, food movies, if you've ever seen it, is oh, Babette's I mean, I... Feast. Oh, I know it, but I've never seen it. Right, and it's a woman who is... Well, anyway, she makes this amazing... Spoiler dinner. alert. Yeah, she makes an amazing dinner, and uh, it's served to these people who have no appreciation except for this one army officer that's invited, and he keeps like being unbelievably surprised at all this stuff that's coming out because this is some god-awful village in the middle of Norway or Sweden or someplace, you know, nowhere. And... Um, at the end of the meal, he, they, they pour a wine and he uh, sips it, and he says, "This is an amontillado, an amontillado. Where did they get an amontillado?" <laughs> and meaning this type of sherry. Yeah. Wow. Who knows? I mean, if I'm, you're a foodie, that's a wonderful movie. I should have seen. I mean, I should have seen. Yeah. It's a little sweet. It, it's a little sweet, but it smells alcoholic. I don't know, but but in a wine way. It doesn't smell like, you know, I, you sniff vodka and you're like, ugh, you know? But it, this isn't like that. And how long will Sherry keep in your fridge? I have, I've heard months. Um, the official answer is months. The real answer is probably years. Yeah? Yeah. Wait, hold on, let me rinse. This one is just a smidge darker. Now where are we? Right. So this is a different... Okay, I'm just going to let you know. We do... Um, there's a microphone in front of you as you crinkle that. I know. Sorry. So I think the easiest way to categorize this in your mind is to think about all the variations of pheno in terms of what happens to pheno. So what we described before was that the Fino uh, has a floor and they do the Solera syndrome, the Solera system. Um, <laughs> the next step is you leave it long enough and you potentially get a, an amontillado if the floor dies off. Oh, we. Do the same producers make both Fino and amontillado? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so because some that's all the same process. Got it, got it, got it. And they also make this wine, which is called a Palo Cortado. And the Palo Cortado is the most rare of all the sherries because it is basically an anomaly. Why? Because it is a fino where the floor didn't take. Meaning? The floor didn't develop. Oh, so they... It just so never, they it, expected to get a floor. 
there's some air there. And instead of having the floor, what they have simply is, is the wine in contact with the air. The whole time? Correct. How did they, when did they realize this happened? Um, well, I've never made the wine, so I, yeah. don't, so I don't know at what point this is. So it's kind reali- of an accident. The realization occurs, but yes, it's an accident. But they sell it anyway. I love that ingenuity. Well, it's, they've realized that it produces a distinctive wine. So that they let it go on. All right. I can I, smell it from here. I'll yes, say, I'll I say that. I think you're going to love this. I can smell it from this is five my, inches from my face. In general, Pelo Cortado is my favorite. Whoa. Okay. Tastes thicker. Um, it. I think it's more of a strong flavor off the bat than the other ones. The other ones that were kind of like... To me, this is a Tio Pepe on steroids. Yeah, I would agree with that. Out of all the ones we've tasted, it's got more of that. uh, To you, I think you say nutty and maybe I say caramel. I don't know. Uh, I would agree that we're probably conflating those two terms. Yeah, um, and that's just because it's hard to describe, I think, with your own palate. Right, because it's utterly unique. Yeah. It is what you find in sherry wine that you find nowhere else. I I mean, it's just so odd because I feel like the taste just developed one way. It's not like this is so polarizing that you would serve this to someone and they just wouldn't be interested, you know? Well, what you are having problems getting past is the fact that your ideas about sherry don't conform to reality. You know, most most people really don't have a very good idea of what sherry is and if they do have some idea it's probably wrong um sherry is a a beautiful wine it's a wine it truly is a wine it's slightly fortified so it's going to be a little more alcoholic but it has a whole lot more taste aroma nose than any california chardonnay you're ever gonna have i mean i had it like half a foot in front of my face and i was like whoa okay we're i'm coming in for landing i can tell what's going on here they're ridiculously inexpensive of course they are what is this called palo cortado and the first one is pepe what is it tio pepe tio pepe tio pepe is probably the most expensive bottle it was like $20. Okay. All the rest of these are less than that. Dad, I know you said that the average person would get a sip of this and be like, I don't know what it is. I think you serve this, at least the Tio Pepe, to the average person. They wouldn't even realize it wasn't just some type of wine. Well, this is where knowledge is power. This opens up an entire vista of different tastes and, and different wines that, you know, the listeners to your podcast are uh, basically fortunate pilgrims in this uh, journey because the vast majority of the world does not understand this, hasn't tasted it. They, they just dismiss it as some old world who cares. When we were in Barcelona five or six years ago, there were restaurants where I, I couldn't order a sherry. They had none. Yeah. Um, they'd sort of given up their heritage, which is really sad because these are wonderful wines. Yeah, they're not. I, the thing is, it truly is a wine. I think that port to me was like, whoa, 
like a lot. Like it was really sweet. It was it was almost like drinking a like limoncello or like a aperitif. You know, it just really was something. But this truly is a wine. Oh, absolutely. Especially because it lasts in your fridge so much longer. Absolutely. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, you can open a bottle of Tio Pepe and work through it for for three or four months. Oh, you don't yeah. have to drink it all at once. Yeah, see, that, I think, in itself is like... Sure. And it's not that much... I mean, I've drank worse things that were just <laughs> quote-unquote wine, you know. You'd be better off, like, putting it back in your fridge and... Yeah, I, I'm happy we did this because I didn't realize that... It's been she, a revelation, hasn't it? Well, yeah, just because I, I told you, I was picturing Sherry as this Grand Monnier. I don't know why I can't say that. The one thing about this, because this wine is so dark here, I never think I could drink a glass of this and still be standing. Because <laughs> uh, it just looks like whiskey. Well, it's simply because it's oxidized. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like it's like this dark, beautiful color, and you know, a glass of this, yes, is a bit stronger than the average glass of wine, but it's not like a you know a cup of whiskey. Well, are you happy that you had the chance to? I mean, was this kind of a reminder for you that sherry is a? Yeah, this is very enjoyable. I uh, I had done a sherry tasting a number of years ago with my residents, and I kind of forgot about it. So this was a nice. Reminder about how great these uh, wines are, and uh, you know I'm uh, kind of happy to be the Pied Piper of sherry in this country because it's grossly underappreciated, and people should check it out. Uh, so yes, please um, rate and review our show um, on whatever platform you're listening to it on. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, dadteachesmeaboutwine at gmail.com. And all show updates, you know, like we skipped a week for the holidays or we post really funny behind-the-scenes photos at dadteachesmeaboutwine on Instagram. Uh, Other than that, do you have any final sherry notes, Dad? I do not. Just enjoying the wine. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it too. Well, cheers to that.